Welcome to Netflix and Kill, podcast dedicated to reviewing and documenting all the horror films of Netflix. Today we have a special guest with us, the other half of mock footage. We have successfully caught them both in our yes. trap, in our saw trap. Yeah, yeah, I'm having so much fun in here. Please, please, please send help. Please help. <laughs> no, they won't let me leave. Don't send help. Hey, you can leave whenever. I'm just, the door is open. The only okay. thing is, like, uh, there's a dog that's gonna eat you if you don't get out. Uh, and the moonlight. Don't mind the moonlight man. He's he's he nice. He looks so friendly. Yeah, he's, he's so just, sweet. He just wants to show you his bag of jewelry and bones mm-hmm. and ears. <laughs> and his ears. In the ears, he cuts ears off. for yeah. podcast listening. Yeah. Yes. Yep. yep. <laughs> that's how we get those <laughs> listens. <laughs> Um, if you if you can't tell, if you haven't seen the movie that we are uh, doing today, we're doing Gerald's Game. We're doing Gerald's, Gerald's Game. Gerald's Game. Uh, it's not Parcheesi. Spoiler gonna, alert. It's not hide We're and not, seek. not Truth or Dare or Would You Rather either. We already talked about nope. those games. Yeah, hearing the title hearing the title again reminds me of everything that I kind of disliked about the movie. But we can yeah. get into that. <laughs> like, that, that it's called Gerald's Game. But yeah, mm-hmm. let's yeah let's let's get into it. Joe, would you like to officially introduce yourself? Oh yeah, whatever, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Who I'm, is I'm this Joe. person? How'd you get in here? I'm, <laughs> I'm Joe. I host mock footage with Ray, uh, who was on a previous episode of this show, and all three of the other people in this call have been on mock footage various episodes Yay! during the month of Halloween. Um, so you can go check those out. And I also host uh, Gaming New Horizons with Ray and our other friend Terrence, which used to be called Overwitch, but it's the gaming podcast on Lunar Light Studio. Um, so that's, that's, that's it. Yeah, we'll do that early. <laughs> oh, you can find me on Twitter at the underscore Giuseppe. Yeah. We welcome you to this bloody, bloody show. Oh, I feel welcome. And I'm covered in slick, slimy like escape heavy blood Woo! it's like a slip and slide yeah <laughs> that's one way to put it <laughs> uh-huh. yeah so i'll give a quick summary and then we can just dive into this gerald's game is as we said not about parcheesi it is about a woman jesse and her husband gerald who go to spend a sexy weekend in their cabin and they've it's implied they've been having troubles in their marriage, so they're trying to reconnect. And Gerald decides to use handcuffs when they get all sexy. But he pops too many Viagra and dies of a heart attack. And Jesse is stuck handcuffed to the bed and has to figure out how to survive. There's a dog. There's a strange man with bones. There's mm-hmm. uh, flashbacks of her very traumatic childhood, and we should probably put a content warning pretty soon. Yeah. Yes, this episode does need a content warning. Um, I mean, the whole plot of this movie centers very much around sexual assault and and or people being pressured to do things that they are not comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So not just to be mention aware. Gaslighting. Yeah. Yeah. Gaslighting. gaslighting. A lot of gaslighting. So um, if any, if any of those things uh, 
bother you in any way, um, you are more than welcome to stop listening. We are not going to force you to to live through something that isn't uh, comfortable for you. Yeah. No, we are not bastards like Gerald is. Yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> Gerald, Gerald has big bastard energy. Oh, he not, not the fun bastard energy. It's just like mean piece of shit, yeah. evil man energy. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I guess my first question, because I I had seen this movie, and I think I was the only one who had seen it. Um. Yeah, I think so. So mm-hmm. what did you guys think? Did we like it? Um, despite it being very uncomfortable to watch, I enjoyed it when I wasn't uncomfortable. <laughs> um. I I liked the Bone Man. I liked the yeah. Moonlight Man. <laughs> I like the Moonlight Man and the dog. I have very middle of the road feelings about it. There's there's some things that I really liked, but a lot of it I, a lot of it dragged and a lot of it was uh, we'll get into we'll get into it. Like <laughs> the things that I didn't like about this re- movie really bugged me a lot and I I couldn't forgive it. I think for me, I I'm a I'm a Flanagan fan. I'm a Flanagan. Nope, You're that's Flanagan. just his name. I thought I was gonna make it into a fun word, but then it was just his uh-huh. name. Um, and I th- I think with d- discussing, there are two kinds of horror. Well, there are a lot of kinds of horror, but for me, I usually separate it into um, goofy, gory, fun, which is easy to kind of distance yourself from. And then there's horror that really does think about what is truly terrifying in this life and Uh i think there there is a good way to go about it and a bad way to go about it i think a bad way is where they use it for some sort of sick twisted thing just to get a response out of people and i think the other way and that they avoid that is if they they turn they turn the spectrum and they see what can we learn about this situation from these characters what can we how can we increase our empathy how can we increase our knowledge and i do think this movie thinks about those things and although it is deeply uncomfortable to watch i think it is aware of that and i think it has a point to its discomfort i don't think it's just trying to get a response out of you except for the hand thing the hand thing is clearly just trying to make you make you go out of your seat but i think that is also it shows her strength in a way yes I think that its heart is in the right place, but I do think it's a little tone deaf as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that the politics of this movie really hold up as much as as, as they want it to, um, or as do they you think it does. Explain that a little bit. I yeah. Um, so the big problem for me in this movie is that it starts off with with Jesse and Gerald, and Gerald dies pretty early on. And as soon as he dies, she starts having visions of him and herself, and she starts basically going through marriage counseling post-mortem with, the, with her visions of, of her ideal self, I guess, and, and the, the truest form of Gerald. And all, as soon as he dies, all these secrets and hidden thoughts start surfacing. Um, and the movie kind of... And, and then we find out later on that the reason that she kept things buried and she was so mild-mannered and didn't ask tough questions during Gerald's life was because she was traumatized by her father and gaslit into keeping everything a secret. And so 
in a way, it, it felt to me the way that Gerald was digging at her was that like it was her fault that they didn't talk about things sooner. Like all of this could have been avoided if she hadn't been such a if she had been more honest with her feelings at some point in their marriage. And it never once asks the question. It like it explains all of the reasons that she got into this position, but it never once asks the question, why is why does Gerald have rape fantasies? Like where did this come from? We're just supposed to like take it at face value that he's just a dirtbag and it's her fault that she never that she married him and never like really challenged that until it was too late. See, I, um, I don't really feel like they, they kind of framed that as her fault. I think she just like, cause like Gerald is like her bad thoughts, like yeah. in her in her visions, and so like, I I feel like it's just her, her guilt tripping herself into. No, for that. sure. But everything like the plot centers around the terrible actions of the men in her life, and like it's it's the things that they've done have ruined her in certain ways and that's like that's what she has to work through and, and stuff but it's all about their actions and her responses to it and i think that's perfectly encapsulated by the fact that this movie is about jesse and her journey but it's called gerald's game like the the mm, first yeah okay 20 minutes 15 minutes is like this little sex game that they were gonna have and that's the name of the movie but that's not what the movie's about at all but yeah, I also think yeah. that the movie, the movie's name can be emblematic of her blaming herself all this time, whereas Gerald's game is her putting finally, like, this was your idea, this was your mistake, this is not on me, this is something that you put on me that I have to deal with, but this is your mess and I yeah. somehow have to get out of it. So I think the name kind of fits with the theme of no longer taking responsibility for something that was not her fault. Yeah. 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 But I do, I do understand your criticism and how it does focus a lot on the men in her life. Um, and I do hear it. And I think that there are some other films that could do more. Because, like, Stephen King is a man. Mike Flanagan mm -hmm. is a man. That is something that is interesting and in thinking about. Yeah, I was going to say, I think a lot of the problems... And again, I don't know this for sure. I haven't read the book. But from what I'm aware of, from the Stephen King books I have read... And the way that he writes women, I feel like a lot of the more troubled aspects of this film could be attributed to the writing. And I think that what helps it out a lot is the acting and the directing. I think the performances in this yeah. film are fantastic. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, what is it? Carlo Gugino and Bruce Campbell? No, not Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Bruce Campbell. Oh, man, that that would have been a very different movie. <laughs> Good lord. Dang. If it was Bruce Campbell, I would be way oh. more turned off. Can I just say, Joe, that was a Bruce, brilliant, Bruce brilliant Bruce way to break the tension. So sorry. So sorry. <laughs> no, that was a brilliant way to break the tension. Thank you. <laughs> the whole film would have gone so differently if it was Bruce Campbell. <laughs> it's Bruce Greenwood. I feel like she would have just gotten out of there by annoy like it was a little bit out of annoyance for the Gerald in her head, but like Bruce Campbell really would have amped up the what are you gonna do? Sit there and die and she's like, Oh my god, yeah. shut up. Oh my god. If if it was Bruce Campbell and he was like whining in her ear the whole time in the way only Bruce Campbell can, I 
would have been driven up the wall like this whole time. <laughs> like I I would have been like, you know, the sheer the the sheer force of Bruce Campbell's whininess that he can he can do sometimes to like really amp up the annoyance level he 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 has. Mm-hmm. Like I she would have been able to break through those cuffs no time. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time though, I don't think I I don't think myself as an audience member would have been able to hate Gerald if he was played by Bruce Campbell. Yeah, right. no, I would have thought True. it was funny as hell, but like, <laughs> it would have just been not not as like you know creepy and more just like annoying. Well, and I was googling um, recently. Stephen King was talking about like his adaptations and about Gerald's game, and he said he really liked the main actors they picked and that they just understood the souls of the characters and really brought everything to the role like i think even i was looking at the main critic consensus and like everybody across the board is like yeah her performance carries this film which i yeah. i can agree with yeah yeah absolutely yeah oh i'm trying to think of more there's there's so much to talk about so what do we think mm-hmm. of the moonlight man because that was something very memorable from this film okay i loved him up until they said this is a real man and i went what <laughs> So he was just in in her house stealing bones and ears and things and like well not he didn't steal the bones just, like, from her left... house he stole them from a graveyard but yeah he was in her house yeah yeah <laughs> it just makes it even weirder that he was real and like they had an epilogue about how the moonlight man was real and how he was like in her house and just stared at her the whole time and didn't didn't do anything at all he just like stared at her and then left (laughs) well because he wasn't killing people at that stage like he was at that point yeah he was he was working up to it Um, i mean he was just a weird beard i'd like to think that even he was freaked out at the sight of her so like after she gets out and she's bleeding and kind of looks you know understandably exhausted and a little bit insane and she just walks up to him, hands him her wedding ring, and is like, you're not real. I mean, if I was a burglar who broke into someone's house and they did that to me, I'd be understandably really freaked out. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and then she, like, says, you're not real, you're made of moonlight, and what if he was like, jeez, lady, okay, have fun. I was gonna help you out, but not if you're gonna be rude about it. (laughs) I don't, I don't think, I don't think him being fake or real really affects how i feel about his character like he it was just one more thing to add to like the psychosis that she was she was dealing with like the onset of dehydration and and starving to death uh tied to the bed but um but the epilogue itself was like the movie spent a long time reeling me in to thinking like this is real like this is a real and shitty and unfortunate thing that could happen to somebody and then the end of it is so much like a movie like there's a voiceover and there's unrealistic shots and like just very much like this is the 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 character in the movie and these are just other people living their lives or whatever it doesn't it doesn't feel like real life anymore yeah. so that whole epilogue was kind of kind of lost to me but the the moonlight man himself i i don't know i think i think it was i think it was a good addition yeah i just felt like i would have enjoyed it more had he just been like 
like the a, a personification. Of Agreed. That that I agree seen. with that. Yeah. I think the epilogue was probably my least favorite part of the movie, and like I yeah. do, I do really, really enjoy the scene where she finally confronts him and says, "You're smaller than I remembered," and it's yeah. kind of her conquering her fears. I like that, but every but I just feel like the epilogue was too long. But I also thought it was going. Yeah, I thought it was going a different direction because she sets up that scene by talking about how she like started a foundation for to help people that had been troubled like she has and how she's finally overcome this trauma and she's using that to help other people overcome theirs. And then she starts talking about this guy by talking about the the disease that he suffers from that has caused his limbs to like be, become larger than they are and he clearly has many demons that he's facing. And then I thought she was, like, gonna, like, try to help him. And, like, because he didn't hurt her. He didn't do anything yeah. to hurt her. I thought he, I thought she was gonna, like, try to, like, become his friend and talk to him. He hasn't said a word since he's been arrested, yada, yada. And then she just walks up, looks at his face. You're so much smaller than I remember. Because he's also supposed to represent um, Gerald and her father. But I didn't see the connection between all three of those characters. Definitely between Gerald and her father. But Moonlight Man was just, like... A weird bear who was struggling with his own stuff. Granted, yeah. hurting people, but like clearly damaged in some way. And it was a weird, a weird resolution to that arc. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree because he's more of a symbolic character, like you said. Like he symbolizes death and like her giving in and just yeah. giving up essentially. Whereas like Gerald and her father were real people who did real damage, rather than you know just. Like, I I have some grievances with people in my life, but I don't necessarily have a huge stick to shake at the concept of death. Like, oh, I'm gonna get you one of these days. Right. Mark yeah. my words, bone man. It's more <laughs> just... Uh, it's more just a... I feel like the, the scene where she talks to her younger self and says, like... Oh, she says something really poetic, and it's like we need the, to we need we need the sun again. We deserve the sun yes. again. Yes, yeah. like I thought that was because a really good place stuck. to end. Because like yeah. the person she really needed to reconcile with and accept was herself. Kind of like right. what she said yeah. before she like ripped that bandaid off, so to speak. And um, I really thought that would have been a really good place to end. And I feel like introducing the the Bone Man as a real person just gives me more questions that I didn't like why why was he here particularly now why am yeah. i learning all of this information right now why does it matter yeah. if it's her story this is just very random information steven right King. like yeah. she goes through this whole thing and then the epilogue is some about some guy like i don't care i don't care about the men in this movie i don't know why yeah. so much of it is focused on them <laughs> yeah well, like with Gerald and her dad, I think it was it was better honed into their spe her specific experiences with these men. It was never yeah. really like, oh, and here's a cutaway to Gerald's life in the office without his wife. This is how he normally yeah. acts. There was none of that bullshit. Yeah. But this like death man who shows up for like five minutes gets a whole scene explaining how news terrible clipping he is. scrolling by and like <laughs> like as though it was the mystery that had been set up by the whole movie, which it wasn't. Right. No. No, the the question is, will she get out of the handcuffs? And the answer, spoiler, is yes. Well, and also, <laughs> will she be able to con confront her trauma and, like, be able to continue living her life? And also, mm -hmm. yes. We... Yes. <laughs> yeah, um... the... <laughs> I don't I think know. They were just no, I wonder to get if the Bone Man golfs. That actor. 
honestly, because he's in, like, everything. He played Lurch in, like, the Adam Stanley movies from the 90s. Mm-hmm. He was in Twin Peaks. I think they're just trying to get their money out of using him in their in their film. Carol, Carol Stryken. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I think they're friends because he's been in, like, most of Mike Flanagan's stuff. Like, he's in Haunting of Hill House. He's in um, Dr. Sleep. He's in this. Kind of like the oh, actor who cool. plays the dad. He's in uh, most every other Mike Flanagan movie. Oh, yeah, he played, um, well, he played Tall a guy. reprisal of the uh, of a character from The Shining, we'll just say that, in Doctor Sleep. He's also Elliot from E.T., right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, so we get Elliot from E.T. playing a creepy dad, so that's, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. <laughs> Not great for my childhood feels, but, you know. Yeah, no. <laughs> um... He did a good job being creepy, I'll say that. Yeah, that was, like, really difficult to watch. Yeah. Mike Flanagan has, I don't know if it's the way he talks with his kid actors, or if it's just he's really good at finding really good child actors, but, again, it's just another example of, like, really, really good kid acting in this movie. Mm-hmm. With some of yeah. the most difficult things to talk about that some adults don't even get right in acting yeah. these kind of things. And, like, just bravo to them. Yeah. The other thing I did like is I thought I liked how some of the other things were kind of set up. The water glass and the, the yep. tag from her dress that she uses as a straw. I thought that was, like, really clever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I know that... And that was part of my... Like it was a good and bad thing for me in this movie is like it's a limited set, right? She's she's chained to a bed. They can't really go a whole lot of places, and it was kind of long for that. Like that's this is why the epilogue was so annoying and and all those things because there wasn't a whole lot that they could have done with the movie. I wish there had been more of that stuff. I wish there had been more of the like just little little things they give up on the phone so early like they if she had tried and failed some more things that would have been fine but they're they're i wish there was more for her to interact with i guess because there was just a lot of a lot of talking a lot of talking that's that's a good point because like that's when i agree that's when the movie got most interesting to me Mm -hmm. is when she was she thought of a plan she was enacting the plan. And though I get this movie is about her confronting her trauma through uh-huh. experiencing another trauma. Um, but yeah, I agree. Those were the most interesting parts of the movie. I know I brought this up a couple of times during the the watch, but um, I want to do it again for the benefit of the podcast. They It was an iPhone sitting over on the desk just out of reach. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, Siri. So that's what happens <laughs> when you say... <laughs> Hey Siri to an iPhone. Um <laughs> could have could have yeah. called 911. Yeah, you could have just said hey Siri and then the phone would have just like blinked up and you could have just said call 911. And... Right. <laughs> I don't know, maybe the bone man like disabled it when she was like a <laughs> Like and the thing is they could have they're they at a remote lake house and you see this in horror movies all the time. They could have just established that the phone wasn't an option because they were out of cell cell reception. But no, they took the time for Gerald to get a phone call when they first get there. 
and then they say, well, it's probably out of charge, and you probably won't be able to reach it, and you probably forgot how to say, hey, Siri. And, like, <laughs> Well, just... we could have at least tried, like, hey, Siri, and then, like, when it didn't respond, like, then you would have realized, oh, the phone's dead. Yeah, you know? right. Well, yeah. Exactly. Could have, like, at least, like, mm. given it, like, a try at being an option, and then... Yeah, instead, instead, internal Jesse says, alright, it's not an option. Phone might as well be on Mars. Like, let, let's forget about it. <laughs> alright. <laughs> okay, if you say so. Of course, figment of my imagination, you got this. <laughs> yeah, that that is a bit of a, a logic gap there. That's just a hard thing to deal with in horror movies nowadays, like... It's, I almost kind of wish they didn't have to deal with it, even though they do, like, in Get Out, there's that whole thing, has everybody here seen Get Out? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, there's that whole thing where it's like, I unplugged your phone, so there's no battery left, and, like, they have to find a way to make sure the cell phone's not an option, and even though the service thing, like, I haven't been to many places where there's not service, so, I don't know. Yeah. It's just a difficult thing for modern horror movies to have to deal with which is kind of cool when they find creative ways around it but this movie right didn't have time i thought it was that. handled like, no. incredibly well in get out like yeah because it was just like huh why does this keep happening weird um but like it, it, i don't care i don't care if it's a ham-fisted line that says that says oh there's no service out here or even if you don't establish that there is service or the phone doesn't have to be on the desk, I guess. I don't know, but yeah, that that would, I don't want—I don't want to limit the amount of things in the room because there were very few props, and that was yeah. the beginning of this they conversation. They could have yeah. had him like try to make a business call, and then it didn't go through, and he gets all pissed right. off, and maybe that's part of the reason why he's trying to take his aggression out on his wife. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, but, yeah, I don't know. Well, and that's something that again, like, I don't want to keep like comparing all of my Clanigan's films but I feel like Hush does the same thing like way better mm-hmm. like they do mm. really and we almost watched this. Hush we almost did um which I highly recommend that movie and I hope we're gonna talk about it one day on this podcast um mm-hmm. and Joe you're welcome to return and talk about it with us but if <laughs> you want to go ahead and watch it I highly recommend it it's just a really good intense thriller and yeah it's pretty good has a lot it's a lot of, like, survival-based... It's similar to this in that it's a survival-based horror featuring female empowerment, but um, if the sexual assault themes are too much, then Hush features a male protagonist who... Or a male antagonist who never once tries to mention sex, which is nice, because <laughs> unfortunately sexual assault is a theme in a lot of horror movies, which, like, Gerald's yeah. game does it really well, like, that's the point, but, like... A lot of horror movies just kind of throw it in. Yes, yeah. I'm talking mm-hmm. about Evil Dead. Yeah. I love that movie, but yeah. but good lord. Yeah. 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 It's mm-hmm. oh my god. It's it's one of my very favorite movies, and if we could just X that one scene. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the scenes Yeah, that you don't literally really they just need. put it in to get more ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Um there's a show on Netflix called The Haunting of Hill House that is just Mike Flanagan um adapting the book The Haunting of Hill House. And I do think that if you're interested in, like, ghosts and um, supernatural things representing childhood trauma and finding healthy ways to deal with that trauma, mm-hmm. I do think that Haunting of Hill House does it better with more female characters who each have very different perspectives. And 
Uh, you could tell since the book is older, Mike Flanagan was able to take more liberties to modernize it and make it feel more more in line with our, our thinking of depicting social and um, interpersonal yeah. issues in our year of 2020. And I just can't recommend that show enough. If, if you like spooky things and you like heartfelt things. Yeah, yeah that's one I still need to sit down and watch because I haven't been able to... <laughs> Well, it's cool because this the actress in Gerald's Game is in it too, as well as the actress who played um her mom and the actor who played her dad. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. And the Bone Man. So all your favorites are here. All your faves. This movie, for me, was barely a, a horror movie. Like, there was definitely some ooky, gooky, gross stuff. I was... I didn't know what to expect at all. Um coming onto this podcast i just assumed it would have like ghosts or some shit in it but like there's not even there's not ghost horror at all there's nothing supernatural in this movie although you think there is for a little while there's not there's not really any human horror after after uh gerald dies yeah um and, and other than in flashbacks like all of it the whole movie is just her trying to survive and while that's happening also uh, like internally without talking to anybody unpacking all of her trauma from the past in a span of like 36 hours and using that new knowledge from unpacking her trauma to find a way to escape which was available to her from the very beginning but she just couldn't get there because she wasn't desperate enough or she just hadn't thought of it yet um, like when you so much of this movie like is conversations and stuff and memories, but when you think about the physical actions that take place in the room, nothing really happens. The dog's there and it's kind of scary because it starts getting hungry and like might start eating her if she dies. She has to think about what if she dies a lot, but nothing really happens and there's no real antagonist. Yeah, this is in the moment. This is definitely more of a psychological thriller in that like yeah. all of the horror comes from her own internal conflict and like how she has to deal with that and also how she's gonna mm-hmm. get out of the room um and yeah. live. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a drama it's a high drama with with a, a scene where she cuts her hand apart. <laughs> <laughs> well I, I would still say like most most of it's still pretty horror because of like the way it's yeah. shot and like how characters are presented and uh the the way the settings yeah, are fair. uh set up and all that yeah it's still it's still terrified me i'll say yeah like, the idea of being mm-hmm. trapped somewhere um mm-hmm. and having to confront really uncomfortable memories i mean that to mm-hmm. me is all a little i find that a little scarier than like ghosts and stuff yeah Um, yeah but i mean part of that Mm. has to do just with some of my own experiences in my life fair but yeah i think it like it definitely bridges like it walks a line between drama and horror but i would still push it towards horror just because of the way i responded to it yeah yeah Mm -hmm. i guess i guess more i mean that it didn't really have to be a horror movie but there are the shots of like the man with all of the face paint licking her toes and yeah. the, the man with the glowing <laughs> glowing red eyes looking like a yeah and then and then him yeah. looking like a goddamn halloween decoration with the glowing red eyes yeah. like come there, on <laughs> one of my favorite shots in the movie is uh of the moonlight man but he's like 
he's like standing in the hallway and just like staring at her like that's yeah. one of my most favorite shots in the movie and that's like the scariest thing that like i that's in this movie and like i would definitely say that that's that's definitely like a horror thing what's wrong with me the man did not scare me at all <laughs> well he, he he just seemed so happy he maybe the actor's just such a wholesome guy that it yeah. just bleeds through well it it, know, it maybe... was like a moment of respite i'm like oh we don't have to we don't have to be digging through jesse's like shitty dad past right now we can just look at this i think that's what it was man with his box of shinies Spooky is so much better than real life scary assholes. I've had dreams where like people were staring at me like that, and so like I've I've woken mm. up in a cold sweat feeling like people were staring at me yeah. like that. Um, but like if you stared at like if you looked at him for more than two seconds, like it was it was not scary at all. Like if you like actually like sit down and look at this man, you realize he's not at all that scary. But like. Just, like, the way it's shot, it's in a very dark room. Um, there's, like, no light. All you can see is his eyes and, like, maybe some close-ups of, like, his his bones that he keeps in his little little purse. But if, mm -hmm. you, if you, like, just look at him for a second and all you can see is an outline, it's, like, terrifying to me anyways. <laughs> That's fair. Well, I, I also just, maybe I just, I hate Gerald so much and <laughs> yeah. I hated her dad so much because they felt so real. Yeah. yeah. And whereas this guy comes out of the shadows with some bones and you're like, oh, thank God. Something. Someone just here for some ooky spooky totally. Yeah. <laughs> right. And that, right. that was pretty, yeah. It, it was a mo it was a moment where like you could just breathe and like not have to deal with like sexual trauma for a little bit and you just look at some yeah. bones. <laughs> but yeah, just like the way it's shot, like if you didn't look at it for more than two seconds, it was, you know, sub something that felt like it was out of a nightmare until you. Like, yeah, it was definitely it. scary. Yeah. It was definitely scary, but when he first came out of the screen, I I was not like, oh, I'm scared. I was like, ooh, who's this guy? Yeah. Like, like let's start learning about something new. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think um, one thing I also appreciate about this movie is most of the horror comes because you care about the main character and what i yeah. hate about most horror movies is they don't expect you to care mm -hmm. about the characters they have their clear like in a saw movie i don't care about literally anyone like they're they don't do the time to build up the characters in a way that makes you makes you root for them or makes you afraid mm -hmm. for them whereas the whole movie you just really really want this woman to get out and be safe yeah and th thrive and i love caring about things i love it when movies get me to be invested in someone's well-being yeah mm -hmm. and it's not I, I want to make this clear i care about people's well-being on a standard but horror movies don't typically mm -hmm. yeah they have to work to make you care about their main characters because the audience is gonna know at some point well they're probably they might die so it's really i guess tricky in a lot of horror movies if you can upset an audience if you make them care about someone and then just kind of rip that away but gerald's game is willing to play that route yeah which i appreciate because mm -hmm. i i like that so much more than them not even giving us the time of day to care about anyone involved mm -hmm. yeah they started off by having her warn gerald not to hit the dog in the car and then mm -hmm. and then feeding it two hundred dollar Kobe ribeye from it's from Kobe. Kobe beef. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
Yeah, she's going to be friendly to this dog because it's a stray dog. Yeah, and she doesn't know anything's going to go wrong with the dog. It didn't. It really didn't either. Like, that dog... Yeah, he was just hungry. It was just doing what dogs do, but it was her friend. I was really worried that the dog was going to be like, oh, this woman's my friend. I know. I'll be her friend and offer her some of this dead man meat, her (laughs) husband. Yeah. And I really thought that she was going to have to eat some dead man meat in order to survive. That would have been... That would have been no good. I mean, like, it wouldn't have been fun to watch, but it would have been a really interesting concept to play around with. Um... If like they... I, well, I like that they left her her dignity though in this movie. Yeah. Like yeah. she's trapped in this very undignified position, yet she still is left with like every possible dignity you could have. I mean, other than yeah. that, I mean, I feel yeah, like she doesn't have to resort to cannibalism. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like the dog would have just like left it on the bed and just started like piling up little bits of meat around. Her. It would, yeah, <laughs> like like she went. I, I would have liked that from the dog's perspective, but I would have hated having to watch her eat. Yeah. yeah, I mean, like she didn't have yeah. to eat it, but like, what if the dog was like, "Oh, you're my friend now," and just like started yeah. piling up little bits of meat around her? Yeah. Oh, God, I don't want to think. Should we get to that? Should we talk about that scene? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, what was it called, Kyla? Oh, I've heard it referred to as degloving. Oh God. Which- <laughs> Yeah, so the way she escapes is um, there's a glass of water that Gerald had left on the shelf above her, which is really handy when she's trying to survive and stay hydrated. So she breaks the glass and slices her hand, and the blood is a good lubricant, and she, yeah, she gets out of the handcuffs in a really gory way. Yeah, like, Mm -hmm. so... Do you mind if I go into detail on this? <laughs> you gotta. Okay, you gotta. Well, she, like, slices her hand, like, on her wrist and then up her hand. And then, like, there's blood all over the handcuffs now. But, like, when she's pulling her hand out, it's, like, pulling the skin off of her hand. And, <laughs> and so, like, she's pulling her hand out. And you can tell that it, like, is, like, trying to peel off. While it, while she's like pulling your hand out, and it's disgusting. I hated watching it, but I couldn't look away. <laughs> but it was just like, ugh. Like I was like sitting there going, oh god, no, no, ah, no. <laughs> That's fun that good you were sitting too. there going, oh god, no, 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 because I was literally like <laughs> crawling around in my chair, and like I kept putting my foot up and jumping around and dancing around. I could not sit still watching that happen yeah no i was like sitting there like clenching my fists and like like shaking and like trying to look away but i couldn't i couldn't look away because it was too interesting to look at yeah that's a good reaction and yeah like i i've made no secret how much i love gore um, but uh-huh. the scene was really hard for me to watch. It made me squirm around a lot. It's it's I pretty realistic, it's so realistic effects, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. when I say I love gore, I mean, like, Evil Dead kind of gore. Yeah, the like, silly, silly kind. Like, people using a chainsaw for their hand and, and stuff like that. Um, this, yeah, this was hard to watch. I squirmed, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's another thing about gore doesn't feel 
as bad when you don't know the person, but this person will be like, I've struggled with you. I feel your pain. So when I see this, oh dear God. It revels in it too. Like it, it's, oh, it, yeah. it doesn't get in, give you some blood and get out. It takes yeah, some no, this time. is definitely like a shot that lasts like at least a minute, it feels like. And the build up too, because you get the memory of her like, shattering a glass with her hand when she was young yeah. and that's what and then you start to realize what she's gonna do and she she has to like really take take her time and do each step carefully and you see her like smash the glass and stick the piece of glass into the wood and you're like oh no it's gonna happen it's yeah. gonna happen and then, and then it starts yeah. to happen and Ugh. it keeps going yeah <laughs> See, I thought it was going to be, like, bloody and, like, uncomfortable because of the performance and, like, the bones cracking and stuff. I did not expect the skin to keep going back like a glove, like you said, Kyla. I did not expect that, and that's what made me, like, completely wig out. the worst part is, like, watching her skin come off as she's pulling her hand out of of the handcuff. Well, like, afterwards, too, her hand is, like, shaking so hard. She can hardly, like, hold anything. I'm like, oh. Right? Yeah. I thought she was gonna, like, drop the key down the drain or something. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> this... <laughs> oh, just even retrospectively, that hurts thinking about. But, like, she ends up, like, sticking the key in her mouth and, like, unlocking herself that way. And then she mm-hmm. grabs yeah. the phone and the phone is dead. And so she just passes out and then she wakes up and the the guy the moonlight man is there and then she like it's like you're not real you're only made of moonlight and then hands him her wedding ring and then walks out the door mm-hmm. with her car keys and then drives until she crashes into a tree and then some of her neighbors find her i think and then they go mm-hmm. into the epilogue. Mm-hmm. I would not be driving. I would have at least like yeah. grabbed like a charger or something and like tried to stay awake long enough to use the phone. But I get. I guess like if you're, they had food. You know what? They made a point in the beginning of the movie <laughs> to say the fridge was fully stocked, yeah. and she didn't eat a bite. No. <laughs> I think the dog raided the fridge. Let's say that's what happened. Okay. Maybe the Moonlight Man did. The Moonlight Man was like, oh, fuck, yeah, Kobe beef. <laughs> He's yeah. like, I was gonna kill you, but mad props to you. All right. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. he got back. He was just gonna get groceries for her, and then he was gonna let her out, and then he just discovered, oh, never mind. You took care of it. Okay. Yeah. I kind of liked, now that I'm thinking about it more, I kind of really liked the scene, because she, she through Gerald as a mouthpiece in her brain, she made up the rules for the Moonlight Man and him being the embodiment of death (laughs) because she thought he was like an apparition at first. So she was like making up rules for how he works. And the idea is like, if you're alone somewhere and you die alone, the Moonlight Man comes and takes your, your, a bone, some unimportant bone and your, some shiny belonging of yours, your jewelry. (laughs) And, when she escapes and she's leaving the house, she has to walk past the Moonlight Man. And on her way out, she leaves her wedding ring with him. Which, like, I don't... I When it happened, I was like, I don't know why this is happening. It's kind of cool, I guess. But you think about, like, 
who died in that house and her marriage with him, not just because he died, but the whole foundation of it died in that house. Yeah. And maybe that's giving the film a little bit too much credit, but I don't know. I, I think that's a cool way to read it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I I, I kind of just thought, like, she thought that she was fixing to die, and so she gave him the ring and then walked out mm-hmm. because... I, I feel like once she got out, she, like, once she decided to cut her hand open, she had made the decision to live. I had no doubt in my mind after that that she was going to get out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, she and... was so faint and, like, so, like, exhausted. Yeah. I didn't know if she was going to be able to get out of there just based on the fact that she looked like she was fixing to pass out, and that might have been yeah. what killed Right. Her. The only moment where I was really worried for her again was when the Moonlight Man showed up again in the back seat of the car. Oh, yeah, but that was like a dream. Which... Was it? Yeah. Which I'm not yeah. saying ripped off American Horror Story Asylum, but there is a scene that is essentially exactly like that, <laughs> where, like, she checks the rearview mirror and, like, the personification of death is there, and she's like, oh, great, and then the car crashes. <laughs> yeah, but, like, he whispers mouse in her ear, and I think that's how you know that it's not real, because... yeah. Like, her dad calls her mouse all throughout her childhood, and that's, like, her kind of, like, remembering all the trauma that she went through and all that. I hated her dad. Elliot from E.T., how could you do this? (laughs) Yeah, come on, Elliot. I thought that little alien taught you better. Yeah. He said, be good, Elliot. What part of that did you not fucking understand? (laughs) Well... If we want to tie this in with Stephen King's cinematic universe, though, does that mean E.T. <gasps> is part of it? Oh, I did Google that. Oh, and so is Cujo. Cujo is part of it. Yeah. Oh, fun fact. Stephen King was going to try to tie this into his book, Dolores Claiborne, because apparently there like was supposed to be an eclipse in that one, too, but his publisher must have talked him out of it. <laughs> I didn't know that. Um, I was going to say, no, I was going to say that this ties in with Dr. Sleep. So my theory, so in Dr. Sleep, that same actor plays um, Jack Nicholson's character from The Shining, the dad. So my theory is that the dad from The Shining just had a secret second family. Mm. It's the same character. Mm. Okay, so so uh, Jack... What, I don't remember his name from the movie. I know it's Jack something. But Jack like, Torres. Yeah, Jack Torres yeah. is just a huge piece of shit forever and ever the end. <laughs> I mean, it's I established mean, he that he is good at lying and keeping secrets yeah. and values that very much. So and I would buy both, it. Both he and her dad are mentioned to have a drinking problem. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dang. And he even says, like, take your medicine, which is like a line in The Shining. Mm. yeah yeah see these two dots we've connected them it's it's as though they're written by the same guy i know this book did not take place in maine Hmm. (laughs) took place in louisiana oh okay really oh yeah it was new orleans yeah Yeah. Hmm. it really it looked so much like a lake house like that i would have visited as a kid in michigan um, so that's just where my mind kept putting it, even though they did definitely say New Orleans a few times. Yeah. It yeah. did look like Lake Michigan, though. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they were actually in Louisiana during the 
the filming of it, but I know that the events, they said yeah. that they were from Louisiana. That's true. They might have oh, flown up true. to a Michigan lake house. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's totally plausible. Anyway, do we have any last thoughts? Um, Kobe beef is $200 a portion. <laughs> oh my god. That's an expensive cow. <laughs> it's a good it's a good pup. It's a good puppy dog. It is a good dog. Yeah, it is a good puppy dog. Mm-hmm. I wish she named him. He was just hungry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's just yeah. hungry boys. It would have been kind of funny if she adopted it after the end. Okay, honestly, that was I was really, really cute, desperately hoping that. for that. I, you know what? Sorry to, this is, maybe you can cut this if you need to, but I did really like, she uses the, the tag from the slip as a straw, which we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And they show her, like, putting it on the shelf early in the movie, mm-hmm. and, like, and then it comes back around. But when she first put that up on the shelf, um, before I even knew it was going to be used as a straw or used as, again, I said that's a good detail because, I like, it shows that the slip is new and they this is not something that they do regularly. Like, it's just her wearing a new slip establishes kind of a, a part of their sexual relationship. And mm-hmm. the fact that it then also did come around as a, like, Tchaikovsky's... Uh, gun. Slip slip tag. <laughs> <laughs> um, not Tchaikovsky. What the fuck? Chekhov. Yeah. What the hell? I need to sleep more. Um, Those Russian old dudes. Yeah. Chekhov's fine. gun situation. Um, it was cool. It was cool to see that. I wish there had been more of those little props because that was the coolest part of the movie to me. Was those like little? Okay. Yeah. Did anyone else play those like escape from the room games when they were like? Yes. When they were a kid, like obviously. I loved. <laughs> obviously, I, I have. loved those games so much as a kid. I could never figure out how to finish them, so I had to look up like mm-hmm. all kinds of cheats and stuff for it. But like, yeah. I used to play those games all the time, and like this whole setup really reminded me of one of those like get out of the room games from like. Yeah. Uh, like addicting games or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. You are speaking my language yes. right now. I used to play those <laughs> so often, and like that's all I could think about. And now I have nostalgia, and I want to go see if those websites still exist. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm glad she quit Gerald's game. She said, "I'm had enough of this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me too. She deserves better than Gerald. Um. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that closes the book for now on Gerald's game. Thank you so much, Joe, for joining us. I know this is kind of an uncomfortable movie to me. sit through, but but it, it's better to do it with friends. Yeah, than alone. So. Abs- well, I'm glad that we weren't in the same room because uh, the the beginning of this movie uh, is very sexy uh, and uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> like. It's just a lot about sex and them having sex, um, and <laughs> that was that was weird. Yeah, but yeah, yeah well, it was. They didn't actually show it because yeah. yeah, yeah, they stopped pretty early before anything got graphic, and then like he just kind of had a heart attack and died. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, it just kind of happened. But anyway, back to your point. Yes, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. This is very one of my very favorite podcasts, and I'm I'm glad to Aww. have my voice on it. It's like a dream come Aww, true. I'm so glad that you got like to a, come oh, on. Oh, wait, wait. Like a nightmare come true, <gasps> Ooh, but a good nightmare. Okay. A fun, happy, spooky oh, nightmare. Ooh, yay. <laughs> yeah. Like one where you get to see some shiny bones. 
Yeah, some shiny bones. You're welcome back anytime. We still need to talk about the pee-pee-poo-poo man. Yes, we do. Yes, we do have to talk about the pee-pee-poo-poo man. <laughs> the pee-pee-poo-poo man. That's important. <laughs> so don't think about a guy. All right. Does anybody have anything that they want to plug? I know, Joe, you talked about your podcasts, but I will reinforce. Yeah. Go listen to Gaming New Horizons. Go listen to mock footage. They're really, really great. Do it. Yeah, mock footage was Gaming New Horizons is very recently Gaming New Horizons. You may have heard about it in the past as Overwitch, but it is Gaming New Horizons now. It's the same podcast basically. Um, and mock footage was recently included in a list of top pods for 2020, but from Bristol Podworks. Yeah, I was yes. really excited to see that. Um, That's awesome. Woo! Yeah, congratulations. So, if you like movie podcasts, which I assume you might. Uh, mock footage would be a good place to start if you want to hear more from yeah. me. Yeah. Nice. Yes. Both are on Lunar Light Studio. Yep. Um, I guess you can find me on Twitter at FrostyTheR0Bot. Um, it's my my main Twitter, and it's very cringe. <laughs> <laughs> I love your Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do too. Um, you can find Netflix and Kill on Twitter at Netflix underscore in underscore kill. And Lunar Light is at Lunar Light HQ. Yeah. You can find me in the woods behind her house looking for that dog because I want to pet him. Yes. <laughs> it's a good, it's a good place boy. to find you. Puppy. All right. Thank you again for joining us. Um, practice safe sex, everybody. Make sure mm-hmm. your partner and... is into what you're trying to do. Yeah. When you do it. Make sure you have mm-hmm. consent and do not use real handcuffs. Come no. on. Like, that's just. Mm-hmm. Don't. That's just the basics. Get the yeah, ones with the fuzzies because it will. Yeah. And talk to a therapist, Please. damn it. Please talk to yes. a therapist. Go to a marriage counselor before your husband has a heart attack while <laughs> <laughs> you're stuck in a lake house. <laughs> Don't try to be your own marriage counselor. After he dies and you're trying to survive. I'm glad it worked for Jesse, but wow, she lucked out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is the exception. This is not the rule. Thank you for listening. Um, may your nightmares include some bone men. <laughs> Bones. Bones. Back some shinies for you. Yeah. <laughs>